Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? Going well. Back in the saddle this week after a good week off of vacation. And uh, it's, it's just good to be back here in Nashville. Beautiful weather across most of the country. And it's uh, it's been a good week. And the SBC been a busy week. We had a couple of slow weeks, but not this week. Yeah, now we're back again. Yeah, well, it's uh, speaking of weather, it's been a nice day today. We had quite a freeze earlier this week, which I did not like. But it is, it is nice here, too. So um, a good time to kind of talk about all this stuff that's going on. Yep. Fall usually means trustee meetings and big announcements from both entities and states because a lot of the states have their uh, annual meetings at this time of the year. We'll get to that a couple of those here later in the episode, but we're going to start off in Fort Worth. Big announcement coming out of Southwestern Seminary. Yeah, they're going to establish uh, a school of preaching. I mean, they had other things going on in their trustee meetings, sort of the normal stuff, but this is the big one. Yes, their big motto, preach the word, reach the world, is going to be embodied in this school of preaching to be led by the current dean of theology, David Allen, who will move over as and serve as the dean of the school of preaching. Dr. Allen, a longtime Southwestern uh, name. He was a trustee before he was a faculty member there, and uh, he's going to be there. The seven-member faculty, which composes of Barry McCarty, Vern Charette, Stephen Smith, and others, will have more than 200 years of experience in preaching and pastoring. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And uh, they they were really clear, too, that there's a separate— they already have the Roy Fish— School. Yeah, School of Evangelism. Uh, yeah, and missions. And so this, uh, this statement that they've made, this is who they are, uh, preach the word, reach the world, the, the focus that they're going to put, the thing they value. And these two things now have their own schools, a preaching school and missions and evangelism. The School of Preaching will have Doctor of Philosophy degrees, Doctor of Ministry, Master of Theology, and all the other Master, Master of Divinity programs. It's just basically all the preaching stuff will happen in the School of Preaching. And if you know for your evangelism classes, you'll take those classes over in the School of Evangelism, uh, the Roy Fish School of Evangelism and Missions. Yes. And uh, so this is, this is a, big, a big deal, focusing on text-driven preaching. Uh, Craig Blazing has said that you know, one of the major issues now is just preaching the Word. This is where we're going to do it. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if this leads to uh, hiring another dean. I guess if Dr. Allen moves from the dean of theology over to the dean of the school of preaching, that means that they would need a new dean of theology at Southwestern. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. We'll, we'll see. Don't know the answers to that. Just kind of throwing that out there. So we'll, we'll try to find out more about that. in Right. Weeks to come. This is effective next uh, August. So it's, Almost a year from now, uh, 2016. That's well, yeah, you wouldn't like start a new school start. in like in the middle of a semester and right. everything. That's so. when the school actually starts. So some of those things I think will probably come out uh, over the next several months. All right, uh, moving on to New Orleans, they also had trustee meeting. I think they had that last week. Did just the release. Uh, it took right. a little while for the release to come out, and that just came out this week. Uh, they approved a five-year strategic plan. Uh, which includes a, a desire to get more students on the New Orleans campus, the, the main campus there in New Orleans, but at the same time also voted to establish a new extension center in Columbus, Georgia. Yes, uh, so that's, that'll be interesting to, to see what that, what that looks like. Um, it's going to meet at the Winbrook Baptist Church, and that will launch in August 2016. 
They also announced a record enrollment of 3,952 students, kind of going along with a trend. I know Southwestern, I think uh, we forgot to mention that in their report, but uh, they were up 400 students, something like that, a little over 400 students at Southwestern. So that continues the, the theme that we heard from last week whenever we were talking about the seminaries and how the enrollment seems to be up across the yeah, board. Yeah, let, let me pose a question real quick, Jonathan. What okay. do you think? What do you think is part of this? I mean, uh, Jason Allen has talked a lot about this sort of golden age of theological education in the SBC. Uh, do you think there's something happening with that? Is this population growth? So these are, are more are more young people wanting to go into ministry or to be educated? What do you see? I think it's accessibility. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the big thing. Seminary education is more accessible now okay. than ever before. Yep. It's more needed now than ever before. Right. And I think the, the the coming along with the need and matching that with the accessibility from the seminaries, you don't have to move to Raleigh or Fort Worth or New Orleans. I mean, if you're if you're serving on staff in Columbus, Georgia, or the area, now I've got an extension center right down the road. So right, you can I th- do it or distance di- online yeah. learning. You can get fully online degrees yeah. now. Well, and also um, I think also the pastorate has, and not just the pastorate, ministry in general has changed. Where before I think you know, a generation or two ago, all we saw was pastors going to seminary. Right. Now, everybody who's working in the church world and not even not even just a church world, but in religious based other organizations also going to seminary. Yeah, lots of people. Well, it's it's very interesting because what we're watching is that, um, you know, just increases are going up across the board. Yeah. So when you see that, you say, man, something's going on here. Yeah. Well, and I think the generational focus on theology has also helped this, uh, the passion generation. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in my resource of the week getting down there. Right. But I think there's been a, a greater turn to theological awareness, theological education, uh, with the generation that's coming along. Thanks largely in part to passion and Louis Giglio, who yeah. we'll talk about yeah. later on in the podcast. Very interesting. Speaking of the next generation of students and leaders, uh, some neat news coming out of Southern seminary this week, Nick Moore, He's a graduate of Southern and uh, also a church planner there in the Louisville area. He uh, planted a Redemption Hill Baptist Church back in 2012 in Fisherville, Kentucky. Uh, he is going to Zimbabwe with his family of nine. He and his wife have seven children. Woo. And uh, yeah. they are going to Zimbabwe to work at the Zimbabwe Baptist Theological Seminary and help revitalize that and train native Zimbabweans to be pastors and church leaders in Zimbabwe. That's pretty neat. I really love seeing some of these uh, situations where folks are going over to train pastors in these other, uh, these, uh, these other countries. And uh, you're, you're right. It's just a really neat story. It's a great thing to see. It's a great picture of sort of going out. IMB is coming along, helping that out. So it's, it's kind of a joint partnership. Southern sending a guy with IMB to Zimbabwe. It's just a really neat picture uh, of reaching that that part of the world uh, that needs to be reached with Christ, and and hopefully you know training up those native indigenous Zimbabwe uh, pastors to reach their country and uh, the rest of Africa for Christ. Yeah, fantastic. Some state news we talked about earlier. The state conventions are going on right now. The messengers at the Kansas-Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptists increased the percentage of cooperative program receipts they will forward to the SBC uh, by a half a percent this week. Okay. Um, they are moving to a 76 stays in the state, 24 moves on to the SBC. Okay, so they're 
bumping it from bumping it up a little bit to, to 23 and a half to 24. Right. Okay. Slow and that, that, and the, the story indicated the budget doesn't have any shared ministry no. experiences. They are planning an additional 1% increase uh, for 2017. So they, they do have plans to kind of progress. Yeah. And also of note at the convention, Joe Stiles, pastor of first Baptist church in Lawrence, Kansas was elected without opposition as the president. He served two years previously as the vice president of the convention. Uh, so now he will serve as the president. It's the first of first of many. We'll have more meetings happening uh, all all around. Ours in North Carolina is in a couple of weeks. Uh, South Carolina is right after that. There's just a ton going yeah. on. So yeah. with each week, we'll be reporting new things in the states. Exactly. And I think the Tennessee one is uh, in a week or two, I believe, as well. And speaking of Tennessee, odd news, uh, not the news is odd, but just the the implications of the news are really odd. I'll let you cover this. Yeah, this is a fascinating story. So it's uh, in, in Lawrenceburg, which is kind of, it's middle Tennessee. Yeah, where is that? I don't know where that is. It's kind of south. So it's south central Tennessee, south of the Nashville area. Okay. Uh, Lawrenceburg. And uh, so they, they have a local association that has a requirement. Uh, this is not that strange that cooperating churches adhere to the Baptist faith and message. Yeah, kind of standard. Um, right. So a local church uh, that was part of the association has been for decades. It's the Greater Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church. They uh, recently called a pastor, and this pastor they called was a female. So Shonda Reynolds Christian uh, is her name. And so when this happens, the Baptist faith and message speaks very clearly to that issue. It does. And so it's, th- there's no question. Article here. 6. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, this is where a confessional statement really, it makes a difference because when we, when we do that, we vote on that as a body and we say, this is who we are, then it's an easy thing to say, cooperate. You know, if you want to cooperate, adhere to this confessional statement and they've made a choice in this direction to. to call her as pastor. Yeah. So the local association, they reached out, they asked them to reconsider. The church took a couple of weeks and they said, we, we're going to stay with this decision. So that, that, that news right there, it's big news. Well, not big news. That is news, but it's not the weird part of the story. Yeah. Here comes the weird part. Yeah. So I kept tracking this and this, this was showing up in the sort of mainstream media or regular media coverage of this, that. Everyone was was worried because the church would lose their building, that it might shut the church down. I couldn't figure this out. Uh, so I start digging, and it looks like, and I'm seeing it in two or three stories, that when this church uh, set this deed up to their building, which was 23 years ago, I think, that the deed says if it ever ceased to be um, affiliated or a member of the local association, then the building goes back to the local association. Um and I couldn't, I, I couldn't get my head around this. It, it was reminding me of the situation in Falls Church where the, the um, Anglican Church yeah. was sort of connected to the Episcopal Diocese. But that's a totally different Totally different stuff. Yeah, totally yeah, different setup. Than the way we, the way we, we do this. So um, I've, n- I've never heard of this before. I'm sure it's not the, the only you know, situation like this or deed like this, but I haven't heard of it before. You and I were talking before we started recording about maybe this was a mission church, maybe yeah. the local Started by the association, involved. something like that, yeah. and they deeded them the, 
the property, the building or whatever. And with the understanding that if they ever left the thing that they get the building back. And maybe this is in deeds like this. We just haven't seen a situation where it's set up that way. And then that church sort of deviates from the confessional statement. But I was, that was the thing that got my attention in all of this. I'm not, you know, the, the, the response to the local association doesn't surprise me. It's how we work. It's how our processes work when we have the, the Baptist faith and message. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is going to be interesting. The local association has not responded with any kind of timeline or yeah. plan of action. They haven't sent them a, a, you know, get out a eviction notice. No, no, they've they've not done anything about seizing the property. I think it's just the church members are talking about this. And, and the, the association was also very clear uh, that, and quote, uh, what they told WTVF News in Nashville, quote, the association didn't cause this. The actions of the church led to this decision. Yeah, so, and, and they communicated with them and said, please reconsider. Yeah. And the, the church chose not to. So it's a very, very interesting uh, situation. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch this. And speaking of female pastors, moving to Virginia, uh, staying in the States. And this one is the State Baptist Association of Virginia, or one of the State Baptist Association, the BGAV, right. the Baptist General Assembly of Virginia. Right. Has and let's, let's be clear before we start this, that Virginia is kind of like Texas. Yeah, there there's two, two of them. State conventions. Yeah, yes. there's two of them. And the other one is the... SBC uh, v, the, yeah. v, which is the Conservatives of Virginia. Right. Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia. Yes, so that, that is led by Brian Autry, good friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Brian leads the SBCV. This is not right. that. This is the BGAV. They currently have a female president in Ann Brown, who is a missions activist, but not a female pastor. This would be the first female pastor, and this is Nancy Stanton McDaniel, who is the pastor of Rhodesville Baptist Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, She's been nominated to be the president at the coming election, November 10th and 11th in Richmond. But Brad Hoffman also has been nominated to be the president. Brad is the pastor of Cool Spring Baptist Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. And this will be the first time since 1997 that there is actually a contested presidential race in the BGAV. I'm trying to get all these acronyms right. Yeah, and this, I mean, the whole story just sort of, tracking it's been interesting too because normally they uh it's unofficial but for a very long time they just elect their first vice president to be the president and that's what she's been she's been the first vice president i read something though uh that indicated in in one of her elections as first vice president uh she was unopposed which when someone is unopposed the parliamentarian cast a ballot for the entire convention uh, you don't ask for yeah. votes. We do the same in, thing in the SPC, right. don't we? Yes, but in one of those elections, I don't know where the mistake or where the breakdown was, but they actually did allow people to vote um, in dissension. And then there were some people that did. So this is an interesting thing. And I don't know why. I just was, you know me, the parliamentary stuff jumps up and uh, it kind of gets my attention. Uh, procedurally. But anyway, uh, so they've always had this thing where the the first vice president just goes forward for president. That's been going on for 15 years. And this this year is a big deal because there's been someone nominated in, um, in opposition. To oppose her. Yeah. This will be a fascinating thing to track over the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So you guys over in Virginia, if you're involved in the SBCV and the BGAV, uh, right, not many churches... 
Not many churches are active in both. Many are active in one or the other. Most churches in the SBCV have kind of ceased connection there, you know, with the BGAV, but still you have a few folks. Yeah. And there are still BGAV churches that are actively involved in the national SBC. That's and, correct. And their executive director is at the table with the rest of the executive directors uh, from right. all the other states. So it'd be interesting and fascinating to watch this just to see if it turns into a, a bigger discussion on women's roles in the pastorate. So uh, yeah. we'll keep an eye on it and see where we're headed with that. Amy, that brings us to this week in SBC history, blow our minds. All right, we're going to go to 1974. Okay, that's before I was born. That was before I was born. Okay. I want to go on record with that, too. <laughs> I um, bet you do. Yes, but uh, this is when the Los Angeles Filipino Baptist Church was formed, which was the first um, Filipino Baptist Church to affiliate with the Southern Baptist Convention. It had 66 uh, charter members, and uh, so it was in that the Los Angeles area and just sort of started that uh, movement by 1982. At least a dozen Filipino Baptist groups were active. Uh, over half of them were in California. And uh, they, had a, they were primarily led by um, a pastor, Peel Eduardo. He had been, uh, he had hosted um, what I'm assuming is a radio program called the Baptist Hour in the Philippines, and they came to the United States in 1970. And so that church uh, came, came under sponsorship of the First Southern Baptist Church of Hollywood, and uh, it came into the SBC in 1974, this week in SBC history. Are they still affiliated with the SBC? You know, I actually have tried to track down, and it's... I'm trying to find out if that actual church is is still really going. Because I only see one Filipino community church. A Filipino community church is the name of the church in Baldwin Park, California. That's yeah. the only one I'm finding. No, we do have the uh, the Filipino Southern Baptist Fellowship of North America. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, so with so there are are groups of people affiliated with the SBC. And it all began this week in SBC history with this one church. Well, that's very neat, Amy. Thanks for that. We'll look forward to seeing what happened next week in SBC history. That sounds kind of like Back to the Future is, you know, next week in SBC history. So <laughs> That's really fun that you dropped that reference today. Yes, Back to the Future this week. I am so glad that is over with because that has been all over the news all week long. And it's just, I'm just tired of it. I'm over so it. I ha yeah, I have to say, I mean, it, it does get a little bit old and such a buildup to what, you know, but the thing that I loved was the USA Today cover. Oh, yes, today. Fantastic. Yeah, with the, with Marty McFly's son, the exact cover that had been in the movie. That slow clap, that was very impressive. Yes, it was. All right, that brings us to resources of the week. My resources week, started reading it over the last week or so, is called The Comeback. It's the new book from Louis Giglio. A fantastic book. He was on Fox and Friends this morning uh, promoting the book. He's doing the big book tour and everything in New York. And uh, I'm glad for Louis. I, I like Louis. I've been a fan of Louis for a long time. Met him for the first time in 1998 uh, when I was a senior in high school working student life camp uh, as a student staffer and met him at Louisiana Tech University and have been a huge fan of his ever since. 
Big fan of the passion movement. We talked about that. I consider Louis, and I think we even talked about this on the Send North America recap thing. I consider him the second most influential evangelical in America. That's just my my choice on that, and I can give you the reasons for that offline. But anyway, that's that's just my my position on Louis Giglio. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. Well, that uh, that sounds like a great resource. I'll have to check that out myself. My resource of the week is an event that's actually coming up next week uh, that we need to all put on our calendar. You got to be tuned in on Tuesday. Right. Let's talk details. So the IMB is hosting a live stream event October 27th, which that's Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern uh, to discuss sort of the challenges right now, future vision. It's going to be an hour long online video forum and it will be uh, President David Platt and he's inviting anyone to participate Uh, He'll be online and they are taking questions via Twitter and Facebook. So beginning that morning, live stream viewers can submit questions on their Facebook page or through Twitter using the hashtag IMB live stream. And, uh, but you do have to register for it. Yes. Got to register for it. They'll send you an email with a link. That's right. It's imb.org slash live. Uh, So that's something that, you know, that we've talked a lot about how much we appreciate, um, David Platt's transparency, his his openness, the fact that he is kind of putting it all on the table and he's he, he's dealing with these issues head on. Um, and that's, that's part of this. He's going to be open uh, for an hour uh, to, to dialogue with Southern Baptists. It's going to be hard to get it all in in an hour. Yeah, it's a lot to it's a lot to, to cover, but we'll. We'll see. I'm really, really looking forward uh, to seeing it. I, I, I think I'll walk away at the end of the hour um, just with continued respect. I'm going to talk to the guys over at IMB and see if they'll allow us to use some of the audio clips from that. I, I might record that, the audio from that, and, uh, and we can play that back on yeah. the podcast next week, maybe discuss some of that. That'll be a big topic, I'm sure, next week Absolutely. on the pod, uh, as well as probably some of the things going on in the state conventions. So uh, be sure to tune into that. I mean, that is that is a must-watch thing. I'll probably be live streaming that uh, at the office and probably hopefully live tweeting it at the SBC This Week Twitter handle. So follow us on Twitter at SBC This Week, and we'll be uh, tweeting out some of the quotes and stuff from David. I'll be able to do that from the office on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to subscribe to that. Amy gave you the information on that. It's imb.org slash live, imb.org slash l-i-v-e so that's going to do it for us this week on sbc this week any final closing thoughts amy nope i think that'll do it well be sure to tune in next week we'll be covering all of the rest of the state conventions going on next week as well as recapping the imb live stream with dr david platt so we will see you next week see you next week